I'm Nick Sapinero, Chief Information Officer of the Divi Project, and this is Wrecked. Hello and welcome to Wrecked Podcast. I am your host, Chamber. I am joined by possibly the best intro we've had so far. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, Nick Safanero here from the Divi Project. Uh, Nick, how are you today? Good. That was my audition, actually. I'm, I'm hoping that I can do all your intros from here on out. Well, I tell you, we got we got bunch of out with a with a bad throat. Uh, your velvety voice might uh, might slide in there, no problem. <laughs> um, it's uh, a pleasure having you on today. We were chatting a little bit prior to the show starting. Um, yeah, uh, we uh, we are very excited about this uh, this project. I think it's it's got some interesting stuff. Um, you you're located uh, obviously in the U.S. You're West Coast, correct? That's right, San Diego. San Diego. So you're 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 getting. Uh, it was a very cold and rainy day. So I'm I'm on the East Coast, uh, up here in Canada. We've had it was rain all day. It was you know just above freezing. Uh, you know they're just that awful. I think you'd mentioned you were from the East Coast. You know that that oh, yeah. you know the bone hurting cold. I know it well. That, that starts to seep in. Uh, what was yeah. uh, just for, just for those who are suffering what I'm suffering right now? What was the temperature out in your your area today? I don't want to. I don't want to rub it in too much. Rub it in a little bit. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was. I think it was 82 today. Oh, that sounds so nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it was. It was definitely sweater weather here. Uh, <laughs> not in a good way either. <laughs> yeah. um, so, let's talk a little bit about uh, about Divi. Uh, how how long have you been with the project? How long has the project been going on for? What uh, yeah? What, what kind of time frame we're we looking at? Yeah, so we started the project. I, I've been with the project since its inception oh, two years ago. Yeah, I'm a co-founder of the project. And um, so, yeah, that answers the other question, which is we've been around for two years. Uh, we launched our blockchain uh, just over a year ago in our, in our desktop client. Um, so we're very, we're very happy about that, that uh, we've, we've come this far with no, uh, no issues so far. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the rub of it. You know, we, we launched amidst the, um, the, pretty much the peak of the ICO boom. Yes, you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so that was definitely an interesting experience, which I'm happy to go into if you want to go Yeah, down I was going to say, did you, did you guys, now we've, we've, we've talked to certain projects, some of them ICO'd, some of them didn't. Uh, did you have an ICO as well? Yeah, we did a token sale, like I said, in 2017. Yeah, and this was pretty much before any of any of the real guidance from the government was even available. Right. Um, you know, and a, a lot of companies chose to just say, "Eh, screw it. We'll we'll deal with it later." And you know, we right. just saw EOS um, pay <laughs> off a well, relatively small bill. Yeah, compared I, to exactly. I was gonna say that's not not a bad uh, not a bad plan if if I you know. were them. I think I don't. I forgot how much. I think they were in the billions, and I think they just signed a check for about twenty four million. Yeah, it's uh, nothing. It's nothing. I mean, yeah. and I, I I I'm curious too because 
it's like so would we say that happened to us which it wouldn't because we complied with the regulations but say it did happen to us where we only raised you know two and a half million would we only be paying you know seventeen thousand right is, that, exactly. is it equivalent that seems reasonable <laughs> right or is it just a case by case because sadly that case was settled out of court so it didn't set any precedent so now we have no idea. There's still no guidance, really. <laughs> well, and I think that we've we've been uh, we've been uh, monitoring guidance from the IRS uh, as of late, and it seems like some new guidances have dropped over the last few weeks, just right. for retail. Uh, I think more so for retail consumers. Um, I did, did, did. Were there more for companies themselves? Well, you know, we had to. We actually had to retroactively KYC our our participants in the token sale um, because initially it was just about blocking U.S. participants, you know, their IP and mm-hmm. and uh, you know having everyone sign a disclaimer, you know, of click course. the checkbox. That changed. It became no. Now you have to actually comply with KYC AML laws for anyone who's gone through your ICO. Right. So we had to, dude. It was it was not a fun day to announce that when we found out. <laughs> and to be honest, I think I think a couple of projects had to do that. I, I'm I'm more than positive that Tezos had to do that at, at a certain point yeah. where they were locked up for a while, and the only way they could get, um, you know, people that participate in the ICO, uh, the only way they could get their tokens was to KYC. They kind of held it at ransom a little bit at a certain point uh, because they didn't have theirs. They waited a long time even to get theirs, and then by the time uh, it was time to get them, they're like, "Nah, well, we actually have to KYC you first, and then you can yeah. get them." Uh, so I think I think that's more and more common. Um, how was the transition? How was the KYC process for you guys? Well, you know, it wasn't an easy announcement to make. There was a lot of fud. A lot of people at the time, our, our coins, our exchange tokens were trading on um, Cryptopia, which when it was still alive, Ooh. I know, right? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> a, lot, a lot of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pour one out for the homies. No kidding. Um, yeah. So it, it didn't go over well, I'll say. A lot of people were, were dumping the coins and things like that. But what we did notice was that the people who really understood, including some Americans that kind of got burned in this process, they were like, you know what? This is actually incredibly um, beneficial for the long-term prospect of this project because it means that now we're not going to get hit with a twenty-four million dollar bill. Yep. Um, you know, and everyone's protected. It's not just about us being protected and not going to jail. It's about all of the people who participate in this ICO being able to report their taxes and do the things that allow them to enjoy the money they're making on on crypto. Well, I might be in the minority here, but um, I got into crypto in twenty seventeen, and it was very like. Uh, you know, it was it was an uh, the anonymity was a big a big thing for a lot of people, yeah. and but at the same time, those same people also wanted you know mass adoption and and you know they wanted Bitcoin to go to a million dollars, so John McAfee didn't have to eat anything in particular. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I, I was one of the, I was one of the people, or you know, probably one of a few people that that thought you know these types of things were good for crypto i mean it's not going to be if you wanted to to do what you wanted to do uh being anonymous and and this 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 air of secrecy behind everything is is not ideal for mass adoption you need you know you need the kyc um processes in place for companies to build um and for everybody to kind of like you said you know we got to cover ourselves as, as much as we can when it comes to uh you know big brother unfortunately but it's, uh, it's true that, yeah i mean unfortunately you know major hedge funds and private equity firms and vcs and things like that their risk profile 
you know, will not allow them to invest in something that's that on the edge of, of society. Of course. You know? And s- sadly, those are the market makers. Mm-hmm. You know, if the banks are unwilling to invest, if the institutions are unwilling to invest, it's going to be really, really hard to get further. And I know it's the whole, you know, the whole concept behind crypto is to beat the banks. And we can talk about that a little bit more um, because I'm still very gung-ho about that philosophy. Um, but there's a way to do it that uh, is more... We use like a Trojan horse analogy um, where you kind of you kind of beat them from the inside. You play by their rules and then you change from the inside. I agree. I agree 100%. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago and we, we were discussing whether, you know, banks as they're, as they're constituted right now, uh, do we see them adopting crypto? Like, could you go to, a, you know, Bank of America and... Uh, you know, take your 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 weekly paycheck and maybe put ten percent of that towards Bitcoin and still have that in your Bank of America account. Or are we going to see new crypto banks in general? Uh, I think I think we were reporting on a crypto bank starting up in Malta, and I think that's where that conversation came from. Are we going to see brand new banks based on crypto, or are we going to see current banks kind of adopting crypto as an option within you know within their system? I think we'll see. It'll be a long, long time before we see the major banks, you know, the Wells Fargo's and Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase's of the world actually right. adopting. I used Bank of America companies. because I don't know many American banks. And I'm like, yeah, I think there's a, I'm pretty sure there's a Bank of America. There is. There. <laughs> that's funny. I never even thought about that. Yeah, uh, That's true. Yes, there is a Bank of America. Perfect. Um, all right. I don't want to seem like a like a jerk not knowing all yeah. the uh, banking institutes in the U.S. Yeah, no worries. Um, but what we did at, at Divi is, and I don't know how deep you want to go into this, but we actually purchased a remittances company in okay. Costa Rica. Mm. Um, and yeah, and with our investment, we're able to expand upon their business such that they're able to issue international bank account numbers, do worldwide remittances um, and, and bank transfers all around the world. Um, so basically, they, they become a new sort of bank. They're not really a banking institution where they can give loans and do those types of things. Right. And there's certainly no fractional reserve banking available. But they can do all of the things that a normal bank would outside of that. Interesting. Um, yeah, and that actually, because we own this new partner, uh, we own a controlling share, we can actually set it up so that you know fees are paid in crypto and eventually lower the fees, hopefully to nothing, um, providing accounts to people who would have otherwise not been able to have a bank account. Right? Because I, I think at the end of the day, that was the goal with Divi was to uh, provide banking for the unbanked, essentially, right? Is that, yeah, I mean, that's that the master plan. That's a big part of the goal. You know, our, our vision is really to make crypto mass adoptable. I mean, that's everyone's right. goal, right? Of course. But our strategy is based on the user experience, the consumer experience. And to actually achieve that vision, you have to take what I like to call like the Tesla approach, where you create a vertically integrated stack. So you have every service that the, that the user needs at, at their service immediately. Right. Um, just like Tesla basically from start to finish builds their cars and even provides the electricity, the fuel in this case, mm-hmm. um, for their consumer. And because of that, you know, they're beginning to dominate a, a large portion of that electronic vehicle or electric vehicle market. Um, we're trying to do the same thing with crypto where you can, you know, on onboard yourself with your credit card or debit card, you know, with your fiat money um, and out of it if you, if you so need. Um, and, you know, get a debit card that you can load up with your crypto and spend your crypto in the real world, um, as well as all the other, you know, traditional services like sending crypto around and, 
and those things. Right. So I think we should start with the there. There are many op or uh, there are many highlights of the DB project that I really, really like, but let's start with the basics. Let's start with the wallet. Sure. I know you had mentioned uh, we had just, uh, you had just deployed the desktop wallet. Yeah. Um, what are some of the key highlights from the desktop wallet? It is very user-friendly. Just I, I've, ha I've had it now for a couple of weeks, just playing around with it. Uh, I found it extremely user-friendly. What are some of the, the things that, that kind of separate it from, from the pack as far as desktop wallets go? Well, first of all, we, we did away with the, the default, you know, QT wallet that comes with a lot of the forks that you'll, that you'll end up using. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, those things are efficient enough, but they're super janky. <laughs> like, they, they're just, yes. you probably use them, right? Absolutely. Hashtag janky wallets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, it, to me, that's just, frankly lazy you know mm -hmm. it, it sure you could use it but it's, it comes with the fork it's like you didn't even try right. um so we we started there we said okay let's do away with that and let's really take it from a perspective of how finance apps work today you know how does your paypal look how does your venmo look um square cash and those things and from there we decided we would start with um after we made the interface you know clean and, and usable we decided we would start with the part of crypto that i think everyone's most interested in which is earning <laughs> money right that is true um, and you can't rely on any of these coins to go up or down or stay flat. It's completely volatile. That is but what very you can accurate. do, <laughs> I think, I think you, the name of your podcast implies that pretty yes, heavily, you, right? You are correct, sir. <laughs> so so we, we wanted to make a, a mechanism that allowed anyone to earn cryptocurrency. And the best way to do that is to actually average your position. Um, now, not everyone has the resources to just continuously buy and buy and buy. So we created a masternode system that anyone could deploy. Um, and that's kind of what we've been riding on since we launched. And it's still pretty well recognized as the easiest way to set up a masternode. The uh, the feedback I've seen on social media has been exactly that. I mean, everybody is saying this is the simplest masternode to to utilize to to to, to kind of make work for you. Uh, I mean, myself, we were chatting beforehand. I'm not I'm not a tech guy. I'm not a miner. Um, I was I'm one of these people, like you said, you know, that got into crypto and I started to average in as much as I could. And then, you know, you're averaging in 2017, then 2018 goes by. Now we're, now we're almost, you know, uh, at the end of 2019. Uh, I'm like, man, I've been averaging in for a long time. Um, these types of things, like you say, passive income, ways to generate income without necessarily coming out of pocket is, is really, really key. And yeah, like I said, the feedback has been that this is the simplest the simplest way to get a masternode and that everybody can use it. Um, I think it's, I want to say one click, possibly two clicks. How many clicks are we before? Yeah, we can... you know, we say one click, um, yeah. but it, it does require that you, you know, um, turn on your pay computer for it. And yeah, yeah there's, there's <laughs> other clicks involved. Um, of course, you have to subscribe with PayPal and things like that. But right. But the actual, you know, deployment is is technically one click. Um, and it's as easy as, as signing up for, you know, an online account or like Spotify or something like that and pressing well, play. That's, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's um, now explain a little bit of the, uh, the PayPal portion of this. Now, there's a $10 monthly fee. And what does that, what does that do? 
Yeah, so the monthly fee is actually for hosting. So we're hosting the node for you in the cloud. Now, I don't want to confuse this with us hosting your coins. The masternode never holds your keys. It never holds your coins. It's completely... You know, it's completely under your ownership at all times, and you can right. dismantle it at any time. So I just want to get that out of the way. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're just taking um, a small fee on top of what it costs to host these masternodes. Um, and that's really just to support a lot of the, the infrastructure costs that, that are required to actually make this work. Um, and we've seen some of our competitors who offer extremely low pricing already starting to falter a little bit. Right. Um, because well, it's think, not just... I think $10 is fairly reasonable considering, yeah. uh, I believe the tier, like there, I know there's tier payouts based on how much you're, uh, how much you're putting into your masternode. That's right. And I mean, it pays for itself at least th three times over at the very least, right? Yeah, right now, all of the node... Uh, tiers or levels of entry are are profitable, um, but you know I can't I can't speak to the future obviously. Of course, uh, but of course, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely they're all paying for themselves and then some, which is very exactly, nice. and that's what you're that's what you want. Now, now for those, um, just maybe to 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 shine a little light on the the cloud uh, the cloud portion of this. So, for example, if I have, I put this on my laptop, okay, mm -hmm. and I sign up, and I, I, I have enough, I have enough Divi to to support a, a masternode. I, I, I sign up with PayPal. Do I have to leave my computer running all the time? Am I able to turn it off? Is it still, is it still collecting? Does this, like, how, how, what are the for those, again, we want to make sure this is, is simple enough for everybody to use, but some of these questions may pop up for, for certain users. What do I have to do on my end to make sure everything's working properly? It's definitely a common question and a great one. It's not required that you leave your computer running at all times. Once you deploy the masternode, it is running in the cloud, and it's basically secured by your local wallet. Um, so, and that's how you manage the master nodes. If you ever wanted to take it down or, or upgrade to the next level of node, which there are five different levels, um, then you would want to turn your computer on and, and manage it that way. Of but course. no, once, once it's set up and it says, you know, it goes through the process and gives you a little check mark, mm -hmm. uh, you, you can turn your computer off for the foreseeable future if, if you want to. That's fantastic. I mean, that's, that's huge for people too, because I think that's. Uh, you know, when you when you're talking master nodes, a lot of people kind of associate that with with mining, and and we all know what miners sound like in the background, and yeah. you know, the cost of power and all that fun stuff. So, so with this, you know, with this cloud, uh, this you know this monthly cloud payment, it, it's essentially giving you the opportunity to do all that without having to run, uh, you know, computers in the background for you know twenty four seven. So that yeah. that's pretty impressive. And a lot of people uh, use their computer for multiple things, right? Uh, absolutely, right? <laughs> to exactly. Run right. Um, I, I was going to say, now, the desktop wallet is, is fantastic. I know there is talk of, of mobile wallets as well. Is that, yeah. is that something that's coming in the future? Yeah, it's definitely our main focus at the moment. We had... Um, we basically had a, a mobile solution finished, actually, okay. uh, about two or three months ago now. And it really, it, the further we got into the dev cycle, the less I liked it. <laughs> and, oh, okay. um, and so it just wasn't right. It didn't have, 
it, it didn't live up to the standard that we were trying to live up to. Um, so we actually threw that one out, and we are working on, have been working on a brand new one, which you can really? see. Yeah, you can see some screenshots now if you go to. Yes, I'm um, actually just looking at them now. Actually, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's wallet.divvyproject.org. And, um, and it has all of the features that we really need, which um, starts with, of course, masternode. So you can actually deploy a masternode or stake from your phone. Um, you'll be able to name your uh, public address. So you're not, you're not dealing with the you know, crazy string of numbers and letters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to. You can if you want, of course. Sure. Um, alongside a bunch of other really unique and user-friendly features that I think will bring our product to a more... A mainstream level you know mm-hmm. because i think people are, are there's an expectation of right course. users are expecting it to be as good or better than what they're already using otherwise i'm just going to keep using square cash right exactly. not everybody cares about decentralization and distributed ledger technology and these i things. would almost argue the the majority of the people like once crypto is off and running i i, I think i think those things will be less and less important for the majority you're still going to have your your core fans of of you know decentralization and stuff like that sure. but i think at the end of the day the vast majority will be uh more keen for ease of use i, I think uh i think is is the route people are going now with this app i don't know if you're able to tell me this um for those running you know for those staking or running masternodes uh will you be able to access that through the phone app as well yeah, so you'll be able to do everything. Basically, we're going to come out with a, a mobile app and a, de- and a new desktop app mm-hmm. um, that work interoperably. So oh, that's you, you can actually check your masternodes and all of that stuff from either device, and it's completely synced between the two. And yeah, I think that that experience is much more seamless than some of the things that I've seen that already exist in the industry. But again, mm-hmm. it's something that's like so obvious <laughs> you know like i i just don't right. understand and i go to a lot of conferences and i talk to a lot of people in this industry and they all say yeah we need to make it easier so why aren't you <laughs> yeah we know this we've heard this for many years now and yet very few people are actually doing anything about it right but i think we're now seeing more people from the traditional world coming into this industry and i i, I believe that we'll start to see a lot better user experiences moving forward Okay, so we talked about one-click masternodes. Can we talk a little bit, a little bit about no-click staking? Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the staking for our system is, is as easy as basically unlocking your wallet for staking mm-hmm. and letting it run. Um, we have solutions that allow you to do it on a Raspberry Pi if you want to do that, if you're like really into uh, microcomputers and stuff like that, which I know yep. I am. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's as simple as that. Uh, as long as you have 10,000 coins... You can stake. That's Fantastic. it. And for, for every stake reward you win, you actually get entered into our weekly lottery. We're still the only blockchain that has a, a built-in lottery into the consensus state. So actually, every time you win, you basically get a, a lottery ticket. Uh-huh. And then once a week, 11 of those tickets are selected. And basically, 10 people get um, 25,000 divi. And one person gets 252,000 divi. Um, as I'm sorry, that's, a, is that once a week? That's once a week. So somebody's getting so one lucky winner gets two hundred fifty-two thousand divi once a week. That's right. That's crazy. That's fantastic. It's and fun. Then, so all you need is ten thousand divi to stake, and and 
away you go, essentially. Away you go. Yeah, as long as your as long as your computer's on and connected to the internet, you're good to go. Right. And we've seen we've seen people, you know, nodes with all levels of of uh, divvy staked win, even the big lottery. I know a buddy of mine even uh, said he won one of the small lotteries staking, uh, you know, less than a hundred thousand. Now so. this the lottery is only available for staking, not for master nodes. Correct. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, you have to. Be so if you're staking your ma- if you're using your Divi for a master node, you we can't use those for staking. That's right. Okay. That's right. And then and then obviously the lottery and stuff like that only applies to the staking people. That's correct. Okay. I mean, this is. I'm gonna be honest. This is pretty cool. Um, we <laughs> we deal with a you know we deal with a lot of projects and we've been uh, we've had this show now for uh, about a year and a half. And, you know, I think we've done, you know, almost 200 episodes now. Wow. And we've t- we've talked. Yeah, geez. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Sometimes it's like, oh, geez, I think we could pump the brakes a little bit on the, right. on the production. Uh, but we love it. You know, uh, but my, my, uh, my co-host and I, um, I, I think we're, we're, we're each other's only friend. So talking a couple of times a week and recording it uh, seems to work well. Uh, yeah. keep, keeps us social a little bit. So I think that's probably the majority of the reason why we put out so much content. Uh, but this is definitely... I, I would say just that just just looking at it at face value, uh, very beautiful, easy to use, um, obviously desktop wallet. But the, the the other stuff is very interesting. Uh, like I said, I think the the feedback from everybody has been easiest masternode. I love the lottery. I was going to bring that up. The lottery aspect for the staking is very cool. Um, I I like that. And then there's no nece- there's not necessarily. Um, depending on on your level of of staking i like the fact that even if you're staking 10,000 uh, divi you can still you can still win versus if you're staking a million divi um yeah. so i like i like that very much now um let's talk about uh what you know maybe some of the next steps obviously we talked about um you know the 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 future of the wallet with uh, with mobile and desktop kind of speaking to each other. Are there any other plans for the near future uh, that you're able to discuss, or you know anything that that you want to tease the listeners with? Yeah, well, you know, our our big focus as well um, outside of the the mobile arena is is the business development side of things. Which you know, like I mentioned, we we did buy the remittances company or acquire uh, the stake in the remittances company. Yes. Um, so we're expanding that rapidly. We just opened our second office. So we actually have physical offices um, where people are remitting about $100,000 a month uh, per store. Um, and all of these people are going to be introduced to cryptocurrency um, moving forward. And we're going to open five more um, locations throughout Costa Rica. And we always open them like 300 yards or 300 meters, I should say, away from a Western Union. Um, really? So, That's yeah. very smart. Yeah, we're really, we're really just trying to take them on, and the fees are much lower, um, and it actually remits much faster uh, than than Western Union as well. Um, near future teasers, uh, I don't know that we have anything I can actually say right now. No, that's now. fair. I gotta, I gotta ask these questions. Sometimes people slip up and they tell us stuff, so yeah, I, yeah. I figured I'd put that out there. Yeah. So, um, if you know somebody's inclined in in participating in some of the staking or purchasing uh, enough for a masternode, where can people go and, and pick up some Divi? At the moment, we're on 
Bitrue is our biggest exchange, and I okay. know they're not they're not very well known, but they are a really strong team, and I think they they can become really competitive. So definitely check out Bitrue.com. Um, and then that's, we're on sorry, a that's B I T R U E. That's it. Yeah. That's okay. Correct. Perfect. And um, you know we're on a couple of different services like uh, Swift and and uh, Crypto Wolf, which are kind of like those swap oh, cool. type of yep. services. Yep. Um, and then some smaller exchanges as well, and you can find all those on our website. Oh, perfect! So, like, I guess uh, for for you know, as far as volume goes, as far as picking up a good a good amount, Bitru would be the the one to go with. That's our most liquidity is there. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. All right. Um, is there anything else? I feel like we've touched on all the goodies. Yeah. Um, that time of the year, we're big Halloween fans here at Rec Podcast. Um, what we uh, we actually drafted our favorite uh, horror movie franchises uh, last week. Um, are you a big horror movie guy? Love horror movies. Halloween, Love. my favorite holiday. Oh my goodness, man! Did you <laughs> did you pick the right day to come on? Uh, because Bunchu Bunchu is not a big Halloween guy. I am a no huge way. huge Halloween guy. Um, do you have a favorite horror movie franchise that you like to uh, watch kind of every year or, or is there something new that you, you know, like that's, that's coming out? You know, what, you know, what sucks is like, there hasn't been an amazing horror movie recently. You know, there just hasn't like it had a lot of, uh, a lot of attention. I agree. But I, it just wasn't. It wasn't. What I, expected. I agree. I'm a huge Stephen King fan, so I'm a huge I, Stephen King fan as well. Okay, perfect. I'm actually in the midst of reading. Um, what am I reading? I'm reading um, the. What is it called? I'll tell you right now. Hang on one second. Um, the not the stranger. The outsider. Oh, the outsider. That's kind of a. I think it's the second la- latest book. It's very very good. Um, so I, I, if you haven't read that one, I, I recommend it. But Definitely. yeah, huge huge Stephen King fan. I was I was a fan of the first eight. I haven't seen uh, the second chapter yet, mm. um, but yeah, big fan. Uh, but you're you're 100 correct. There hasn't been uh, the the times I do find horror movies that are good. I usually find them from some like a different country. Like Australia's yeah. put out some good horror movies in in the kind of recent uh, more more recent uh, times. But uh, I'll tell you the one I did really, really like, and I think it came out last year on this time, was on Netflix. Have you seen uh, uh, Haunting at Hill House? Yeah, that was actually a really solid series. I, I was agree. Really surprised, and I, I've I've preached that one to people that aren't even big into horror. I, I'm like, you can watch this. This is a it's solid. A, this is just a, as much a drama as it 100%. is a hundred percent horror movie. And I, to me, that's the best. That was the best, you know, quote unquote horror. Uh, content that I've seen in the past probably five years or so. Yeah, but, but you know what it comes down to, man? It's the fact that it was a series. So you can actually get deep into the absolutely. underlying psychology of each character. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's what makes horror movies scary. The jump scare thing is over, right? We, yep, we know that over. that's coming. And the little eerie sounds, it just doesn't work as well anymore. You need no, it, that psychological aspect. And that's what we're used to, I think, as a society, is these uh, we're, we're taking in this kind of entertainment in eight hour to 10 hour sections you know what i mean like right. eight, eight one hour episodes or 10 one hour episodes not a not an hour and 45 minute movie right Correct. so it's uh yeah i'm with you i think i think that's the best way to go the uh the gentleman that uh that directed that i'm a big fan he's a he's a big stephen king fan he's doing the new um he's doing the new uh shining movie the dr sleep movie oh nice so yeah. the director of that's going to be directing that so i tend to watch him a lot because he's got a lot of stephen king in him uh yeah. so he's uh, i'm a big fan of his so um let's talk a little bit about uh 
Halloween candy. Now, <laughs> I, uh, I again, I live in Canada. Uh, Bunchu and I were chatting the other day, and it turns out there's a lot of candies that I get here in Canada that he doesn't get in the U.S. So I actually, uh, I think our next episode, maybe next week sometime, we're going to be... Uh, He'll be giving me a uh, um, his his feedback on the Canadian candy that I sent him. So I sent him like I think uh, two hundred pieces of Canadian candy. Nice uh, to get his feedback on. Do you have a go to Halloween candy? You know I'm a big chocolate guy, and and you know what's funny? Like when I was when I was a kid, I didn't love candy. Um, you know I'd always go trick or treating and come home with a huge haul. You know my whole pillowcase full of candy and then i'd eat like two reese's peanut butter cups <laughs> and that was it my mom would just like put it in the freezer give it out next year or whatever um but no yeah so i'm a big chocolate guy reese's cups pretty much any chocolate peanut butter combo thing is gonna is gonna get my attention i uh i think the vast majority of people are with you I, we we drafted our favorite candies in the past and and reese's peanut butter cups always goes first i don't know what it is about chocolate and peanut butter that just it's a magical combination for the it ages. It really is. Um, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, if, if, I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, the indigenous people of of millennia ago figured out a way to mix up peanuts and cocoa beans together and be like, "This is right. delicious." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is the way of the future. Now, uh, what we normally do too is we like to discuss um, any any sort of like I, I like. When I get together with, we just had Canadian Thanksgiving uh, here in Canada That's this right. past weekend. Um, when I get together with family and friends, um, I have, because I'm a big horror movie fan, I'm big into, um, you know, the supernatural a little bit. I like to watch, you know, uh, as many documentaries as I can on that kind of stuff. Do you have any fun or maybe interesting spooky things that have happened to you in real life? Um, I always oh, bring up, man. you know, I bring up... Um, Again, I've been into this for a very long time. Uh, I always joke about being a big Bigfoot fan. How I, you know, when I retire, I'm just going to go into the mountains <laughs> and try and, you know, take a take a pick of one uh, eventually. Yeah. But um, so I've been in, I, myself. I've been into like supernatural stuff and kind of been watching it for a very very long time. And I've really only had one experience myself. And I, I do I do a lot of driving for work, uh, or I used to. And um, you know, my I was I was coming back home one day. And I was with my wife, and we were on kind of a major highway here in Canada. And, you know, it's like kind of like a six-lane highway, divider in the middle, kind of like a, like a pony wall, uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. four feet off the ground kind of thing. And we're driving back, and uh, we're probably about an hour away from the house, and we're chit-chatting about whatever we're talking about. And we both notice, like, this guy sitting on, you know, the the the... the the, this pony wall separating the two sides of the highway oh. and just watching cars go by. And we didn't really pay attention to it as we were driving by, but about maybe five, 10 seconds later, we kind of looked at each other like, was there a guy just sitting there? Like there was, <laughs> there was no exit. There was no car. Like, like I could see if like there was a car broken down and the guy was just maybe waiting for a tow or something. I, I, there was nothing like that. It was just like a guy sitting there and there was no exit. It was kind of like a part of the highway that was, it was just highway. Like you'd have to like come from a field in the middle of nowhere, you know, cross one side of the highway and then sit in the middle of it. And what we did notice with this particular guy is he had like what I kind of classified as like late 70s, early 80s attire, like kind of like tight jeans with like a um, like a like a like a farmer's shirt tucked into his pants, um, but a very like 
yeah, very 70s kind of look to them. And that kind of, yeah, my wife and I kind of looked at each other like, like what the hell was that? Um, and it's, it's definitely to this day, uh, you know, bewildered us. I, I actually brought, this was probably, this was probably like five or six years ago this, this happened to us. And I was telling the story to somebody uh, in, that, in that area. And they were telling me a story about in the 80s, they had a cousin or family member that was, uh, that went up the wrong side of the highway, like got, the, got on, the wrong, uh, on, the, on the wrong ramp and was basically driving up the wrong side of the highway drunk and actually got into a car accident in that area. Um, and then we kind of looked at each other like, like, what the hell? Like, what, what are you just telling me right now? Oh, Did I no. see that go? Yeah. So that's, have you, anything weird you've seen? Have you seen a Bigfoot? Have you seen a UFO? Have you seen a ghost? Has, <laughs> uh, has a, has a, you know, tap turned on by itself while you were in the washroom? Anything you know, I, weird I, like that? I swear my dad lived in a haunted house for a while when we lived back in Jersey. Um, and such weird stuff would always happen in that house. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I have always wanted to be one of those people that like connects with the other side of the universe and things like that. Of I course, feel yeah. Like, I feel like I've I've never been so fortunate to uh, to really experience anything like that, um, at least firsthand. Except my dad's haunted house, of course. Um, but we had this thing when I was a kid, um, pretty much around the age that we were all getting our driver's licenses. Uh-huh. And I grew up in South Jersey, so okay. there was this. You know, I, I lived not far from you know the few remaining farms in South in Jersey. Uh, it's called the Garden State, but if you visit Jersey, you'll realize. Now, how f- it's, it's I, I'm really familiar garden. with Jersey a little bit. How far would you be from like the Pine Barrens? Yeah, so the Pine Barrens are definitely. Uh, it's probably like an hour and a half from where okay. I live. Okay, all right. I know that's yeah. a very spooky place from what I that's, understand. Yeah, we definitely. My fifth grade trip was to the Pine Barrens, and the Jersey Devil lives out there. Right, exactly. The, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we definitely have those cool like folklore uh, things. One of the fun things we did as a, as a kid, as kids, was uh, there was something called the Atco Ghost, and it was this old movie theater that had closed down a long, long time ago, but it was still there, and they never built anything else there because it was kind of like in the middle of nowhere, um, even though it was on off of a highway. Mm-hmm. And you go out there, and you're in your car, and you have to like face a certain direction, and turn off your lights, and then you speed uh, through the parking lot, and then you stop at a certain point, and turn your lights on, and there's the ghost. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was uh, that's probably the closest I've come to. It's more you're just freaked out because you're speeding in, in right. pitch black, but um, you know it, it so does. Did you, did you see a ghost? Well, you know, I think what it really comes down to is it's always foggy and, you know, cold out there. So when right. you when your lights come on, you're you're just seeing the fog illuminated from your from sure. your lights. Yeah. But it's definitely the Atco ghost. So don't, you know, it's That's awesome. <laughs> so that, that's as close as I got. That's pretty good. So but you said your dad's place was haunted? Like what what would what would what would he report to you? Yeah, so this this house first of all was a money pit, right? If you've ever okay. seen that that old school movie. I'm very familiar uh, with money pit. Yeah, so <laughs> And it seemed like everything he fixed, something else broke. But even when something wasn't under construction, you know, at somewhere else in the house, like, you know, the the, the dryer would come on, even though there's no clothes in there. Um, you know, things like that would happen throughout the house. You know, you hear the footsteps and things like that, that you might attribute to the house settling or something sure. like that. But the house settle, you know what a house settling sounds like. First you know, it's of all, like that okay, creep. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, 
I've heard that, you know, oh, it's the house settling, it's the house settling, it's the house settling. I've lived in multiple homes. I've never heard my house settle. I live, <laughs> I live in a, I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to say my house is, my current house is not haunted. It doesn't make a noise. Yeah, my fridge makes a noise sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. Like the ice maker might, you know, move or something. But I, my house doesn't settle. I, I don't, this, this, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been a huge fan of, oh, it's just the house settling. When have you ever heard a house settle? Right. Uh, well, I think, I, you know, our brains want to make sense of everything. Of course. But have you, have you ever had a dog or a cat? You know, have I, you I've had, had a cat. cat yeah, I've had a cat. So cats especially do this, where they're like intently staring at something that's just not there for you. Mm-hmm. You know, what is that? that that's, that's always freaked me out. And it's like you can't take their eyes off it. You'll snap in front of their, in front of their face and call their name. And it's just like they are attached to whatever they're seeing. That's always been I, I agree 100%. Well, I think, you know, they're, they're able to see a different spectrum than we are. Like, just, just, scienti- just scientifically true. speaking, they can, they can see better than we can when they see more. Um, but, you know, I, I know what you're talking about, and I've seen it with cats before. And I, when my cat has done that in the past, I've just kind of, you know, I'm like, oh, he's, he's probably just looking at a spider or something that I can't see. Or, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> But again, you're just trying to explain it, man. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm not looking to live in a haunted house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as Who much is? as as much as I like to, uh, it to kills talk the about resale it. value. It's it just sure terrible. does. It sure does. Um, but uh, that's that's interesting. I like uh, I like a good. Uh, it, it's funny because uh, my my co-host Buncho, he he was originally from Jersey as well, and he was talking about. Um, you guys, I don't know how big Jersey is. It's not immensely big, right? So you guys probably that's no, not huge. Yeah, like I don't, you, you might be, you might know the similar similar areas, but I believe he was talking about a place where you could park your car and like put like baby powder on the bumper, and then you would see <laughs> like fingerprint. Like apparently there was like a school bus accident or something like that, oh, and like you park creepy. in this particular place and and you could put you know and you would see like fingers on the bumper you know what i mean of the kids like pushing you out of the way i think i think you had to park like on a train track or something like that i I think there's always rules to it yeah there's there's always rules to it i like yours i like yours turning off your lights driving extremely fast in a movie in a in a movie theater parking lot and then turning on the lights again uh i like that's the first time i've ever heard of that one that's pretty good so okay so let's we're gonna we're gonna finish it off with some rapid fire here Um, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You just, you just let me know um, what your answer is as fast as you can or as slow as you want. Uh, my rapid fires usually turn into uh, slow, slow fires, slow burns, <laughs> if you will. Um, we'll start with what was your favorite as a child or as an adult? Uh, what was your favorite Halloween costume? Ooh, Spider-Man probably. Uh, as a child or as an adult? As <laughs> <laughs> As as a child. Okay. All right. You never know. Uh, I like yeah, that. I got, I got to I got to ask these questions. Um, so we asked. Obviously, your favorite uh, Halloween candy. Actually, is- no. I'm going oh. back on that one. All Sorry. Right, what you got? I'm going what you back got? on that one. I was Santa Claus one year. My mom made this Ooh. awesome costume for Halloween, and I that, like- that was. I'm going back for that one. I really like that idea. <laughs> I I don't think I've seen that much. Uh, uh, you know, combining the holidays. I like this. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll stay in your youth. As a kid, who was your celebrity crush growing up? Oh, 
Uh, probably Jessica Alba. I Ooh, loved her. As a kid. Good call. Nothing wrong with that. That's uh, she's a very lovely lady. Um, okay, let's go with. Um, we did Halloween costume. Okay, it's zombie apocalypse time. Okay, love it. All right, you have one weapon to choose, you, and this is the only weapon you're going to be getting for the entire zombie apocalypse. What do you go with? Sword. Nice. Any particular style, like uh, like a Jon Snow super sword, or like the <laughs> like Michonne katana. I think I've got Michonne. Definitely had a smart idea with that katana. I think I'll go with the katana. I agree. It's lightweight, easy to use, extremely yeah. sharp. Um, I like it. Uh, Reusable too. You can use yeah, it absolutely. Time. Absolutely. Um, do you have a favorite karaoke song? Uh, one time I did. Uh, my name is by Eminem for a group of <laughs> older gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that is a group of older there's, gentlemen. There's probably, yeah, I was in Palm Springs and we were just, you know, having a drink at some bar, probably uh-huh. more than one. And yeah, I uh, I chose that song. I couldn't believe it was on this particular restaurant's karaoke list, so I had to do and it. Was and was it like every- ble- was it bleeped out? No, well, I didn't bleep it out. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There's That's probably a video floating out there somewhere. Though. <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. I like it. You know uh, what we found? Because uh, we asked that question, I would say, for the, for the good majority of our guests. And we're always pleased to hear that the majority of the people in crypto are also uh, have done karaoke at some point or are very big into karaoke. Uh, we had Charlie Shrem on. Um, I don't know if it was last year, maybe. And we were chatting with him, and he does like he goes to a karaoke bar once a week, and and shuts it down. Um, I think it's probably Saturday night, and he stays no right way. to the end. Um, really? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> That's he has, hilarious. Yeah, Charlie Strum, big big karaoke guy. There I you think go. he actually took. I think him and um, um, who's our buddy over at what Bitcoin did? Um, can't think of his name now. Um, anyways, I think he was doing an interview with him and they went karaokeing together as well. So, uh, I'm always pleased to hear that, uh, people in crypto are also into karaokeing. So, um, I'm sure we'll, uh, do you go to these, um, I guess we should probably chat about this too. We have, uh, WCC coming up, uh, in yeah. Vegas in a couple of weeks. Are you, will, will uh, will Divi be at that? We are. We are going to be there. We have a booth there. We're going to be doing the token tank live. Um, I think I'm All right. This is just, yeah. this is a free, this is a free a uh, bit of advice from Rec Podcast to Divi Project. Uh, I would chat with whoever you can, get a little karaoke machine at your booth. You will, really? everybody will come. You will have all of the people. Uh, that's a great idea. <laughs> I'm doing it. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's, it. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, that, that, that's my recommendation. We were trying to get, uh, we were trying to get a, um, a Rec Podcast uh, house for WCC, um, we were trying to uh, we, we we were working on it a little earlier this year, and then it turns out uh, we both couldn't make uh, that weekend. But uh, I think next year what we're going to try and do is is have kind of a uh, a crypto. I don't want to call it a party house, but more of a fun house. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're gonna it'll be kind of like a, a go to spot while we're in in Vegas. Um, so that sounds uh, awesome. I, I think I think uh, I'm a big Vegas fan, so we got to make sure we uh, we represent. But I think that'll be a fun one this year. I think last year was around Halloween as well. Um, it was. So I think that, that that's always a good time to go. I have two kids, so it's hard for me to get away, uh, especially my favorite holiday 
and then having two little monsters to collect candy for me is <laughs> is really really good i highly recommend it uh if only to, to, if only for halloween you should have children uh, okay <laughs> you should you should be able to rent kids just for halloween just so you could take like seven of them trick-or-treating and take all their candy. <laughs> uh, i don't know if there's a business plan there there's probably i don't know if that's a good business <laughs> uh, there's probably some red tape to get through yeah, i'm sure i'm a little worried about that uh, i just want to rent seven kids for like three hours so i can take them trick-or-treating so I can, oh yeah we just need your id sign here it's perfectly <laughs> fine it's totally above board uh this my neighbors won't give me candy anymore uh i actually uh i i laugh but as a kid i was um i'm a pretty big guy i'm like six foot four but as a kid i was like ridiculously tall so like i kind of stopped growing at like you know 14 or 15 and i i got denied i think i was in the fifth grade and i was going trick-or-treating so i don't know how old you are like like eight or nine maybe and a lady like said, "No, you're too old to be trick or treating," and denied me. And I like no I ran home way. crying. And it and I never trick or treated again. I was at, you're at, never too old. That's what I said. And then, but yeah, this lady got in my head, uh, and I gave out the candy. Um, I think from ten years old and on. Um, and then and then I had kids. You know, fast forward thirty years later, whatever it is, I'm like <laughs> oh yeah, now I dress up with them. We go out trick or treating. It's a great time. So uh, awesome. yeah, yeah, I know it's a good, it's a good time. Anyways, I won't take up much more of your time. That does it for my rapid fire questions. Uh, Nick, I just want to give you the floor here to uh, let people know where they can find you. I know we are big on uh, Telegram, right? This is our our, our go to spot for for Divi information. Definitely, yeah, we we love our Telegram community. Definitely join us there. It's at Divi Project. Um, if you just search in Telegram. Yep. And we're actually the same on all of the social media. So uh, across makes it very, you know, very Twitter, easy. Instagram, everything. So yeah, at Divi Project. And uh, come come chat with us. We're, we have a really welcoming, inviting community that uh, may even tip you in Divi if you mention that you heard us on the Wrecked podcast. What? That's uh, that's a no-brainer, people. Um, so we'll make sure to, to uh, have a link to the Telegram in the show notes. Uh, where can people find you on, uh, on, on Twitter? Do you have a Twitter handle you like to... Yeah. Share with us. So I'm at NSAP Productions, NSAP Productions, uh, which is a remnant from my old DJing days uh, that nice. I can change. But yeah, I got I got verified under that name, and if you Woo! change your username, it's, it's yeah. Over. I so. would keep yeah. I don't yeah. I don't care what I was doing before. If I got verified, I'm never changing that. Yeah, uh, it's got, that something handle. I got to keep a hold on to. But yeah, definitely come chat with me on Twitter and um, or in Telegram. Either way works for me. That is fantastic. So yeah, like I said, we'll make sure we'll link the uh, the website, the wallet, uh, the Telegram. I'll make sure to link your verified Twitter handle. No big <laughs> deal. No big deal. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else you'd like to share with us, Nick? Get wrecked. You buddy, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys, for myself, Chamber, and for Nick of Divi Project, until next time, don't get wrecked. And that is financial advice.